If you love chilling mysteries, unsolved cases, and a touch of mom-style humor, Moms and Mysteries is the podcast you've been searching for. Hey guys, I'm Mandy. And I'm Melissa. Join us every Tuesday for Moms and Mysteries, your gateway to gripping, well-researched true crime stories. Each week, we deep dive into a variety of mind-boggling cases as we shed light on everything from heists to whodunits. We're your go-to podcast for mysteries with a motherly touch. Subscribe now to Moms and Mysteries wherever you get your podcast. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. He's back. Seems like a long time, huh? Another Trump rally tonight. It was awesome. Just wrapped up in Wilmington, North Carolina, saying the things that need to be said, providing leadership when there isn't that much leadership uh, among conservatives, really. DeSantis, him, Abbott, and uh, that's about it. I'll get into the new so-called contract. What is it? Compact with America from House Republicans. Not impressed. But this guy, he always delivers. The only thing these deranged leftists care about, the only thing they talk about is trying to destroy your favorite president to me. Have you ever heard of me and our great patriotic movement? That's true. There's never been a president that's gone through the crap that I'm going through left and right, left. You feel like a fighter left and right, and then you get up and you knock the hell out of them. Have you ever heard of me? Me? Uh, fantastic. I love it. The, the substance was fantastic tonight. The style, of course, and something that is so different that the left, they can't understand. He likes this. He likes people. He did it before he was president, during his presidency, and now after his presidency, going to places like North Carolina and speaking and engaging. Sure, he wants Republicans to win, but remember, he was doing it early in his presidency when he didn't have to. Can you imagine uh, George W. Bush? I mean, he went to the sticks when he had to, and he didn't like it, right? <laughs> can you, you can just tell, let me out of here. How about George H.W. Bush? He was a bit, uh, he was a bit more into it, but, you know, slightly, slightly uneasy around the people. And Obama, totally aloof. <laughs> Forget it, right? No, no, no. We were just lucky to be in his presence. Uh, when it comes to MAGA, we understand him and he understands us, okay? Nothing like a Trump rally and nothing like a Biden rally. Actually, we've never really seen a genuine rally. It's always kind of propped up and weird and artificial. And he says some crazy, crazy stuff. Maybe somebody should call the police. I'm serious. Listen to this. It happened today. Gotta say hi to me. We go back a long way. She was 12. I was 30. But anyway, this woman helped me get an awful lot done. Anyway. What? What? You know, it would be one thing if we've never seen him touch a young girl inappropriately or an old lady or whatever. That kind of comment is pretty hideous. Although, 
I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. It was just a horrible, sick joke gone wrong. But the other things that he said, that he said about us, okay? Now, he says that MAGA Republicans, people he does not agree with, are full of hate. We're not, of course. But when he portrays us that way, it's very, very dangerous. And we're seeing the fruits of his horrible rhetoric. It guarantees that everyone is treated with dignity and gives hate no safe harbor. The idea that America guarantees that everyone be treated with dignity. It gives hate no safe harbor. Hate can't have no safe harbor in America. We cannot and must not give hate any safe harbor. I mean this from the bottom of my heart. Hate can be given no safe harbor in America. I mean it. No safe harbor. You see, I like dignity and I don't like hate. And it sounds good initially, pro-dignity, against hate, no safe harbor. But he accuses half the country of having hate. And is he saying that we should not be afforded safe harbor? It kind of seems that way. Actually, I believe that's what he's getting at. The extreme set of MAGA Republicans has chosen to go backwards, full of anger, violence, hate, and division. And that's what their game is. You see? Now, that's not what we're for. But he has accused us of hate, and he says hate requires or gets no safe harbor. And we see it. Big tech, the censorship, the persecution, January 6th, people who didn't break anything or hurt anyone in prison all this time. Safe harbor? Who doesn't get it? Hate can't have no safe harbor in America. You know, the, the words sound nice, but they actually aren't. Number one, Joe seems to hate a lot of people. There's hatred in his heart. But he's accusing so many people, so many good people of this. The extreme set of MAGA Republicans has chosen to go backwards, full of anger, violence, hate, and division. And that's what their game is. All right. You see, the game is canceling half the country. That's what he's getting at. And his rhetoric is having a real a dangerous effect on the streets of America. Kaylor Ellingston, an 18-year-old young man, politically active in North Dakota, was run down, apparently, because of his Republican beliefs by this guy. According to an affidavit, court records, uh, he told the police, let's see here, put it up on the screen, please. Brandt admitted that he hit the pedestrian and that the pedestrian was part of a Republican extremist group. And the guy identified as Shannon Brandt stated he struck the pedestrian because the pedestrian was threatening him. Okay, according to him, he was in a car, but he runs over a guy. Uh, so this is pretty serious, right? A young man is dead, 18 years old, and this guy is walking around free. $50,000 bond and uh, leaving the scene of an accident, but he is, well, he's free. And no one seems at all interested in this case. You know, Charlottesville, that young woman was killed. It was appropriately a major, major story. This, nobody cares. Except our favorite president. Just recently, a young 18-year-old man from North Dakota, I'm sure you read this over the last two days, named Kaler Ellingson, a young man so handsome, so handsome, beautiful, 18 years old, was targeted and killed, run down in cold blood with an SUV by a radical left maniac. He was a radical left stupid person. 
simply because he was a Republican and he was so proud of being a Republican. And this guy ran him down. And not one mainstream media network has even mentioned this horrible crime. Think of it. Now, think of it the other way. Think of it the other way. Supposing a MAGA person ran down somebody on the other side, it'd be the biggest story you've ever seen. He is totally right. Absolutely right. How about that, huh? Kaylor Ellingston should be a household name at this point. Maybe there should be a statue for him, right? George Floyd, his name is known in Tajikistan. And this kid, nobody, nobody will say anything about it. Well, thank you, President Trump. And we are so sorry to this young man's family. And we are so saddened that we have a president, President Biden, who is poisoning this country with horrible rhetoric. And, uh, and ordinary crime, by the way, forget about politically motivated crime, is out of control. We see it all the time, all the time. Uh, these folks have been emboldened over the past two years. Democrats have sanctioned this, glorified it, delegitimized the police. Makes total sense that a new poll from Trafalgar shows that 68% of the American people believe they were safer two years ago when President Trump was in office. Doesn't that make total sense, right? I personally feel safer. I'm sure you do as well, especially in this city. Things are out of hand. So I'm very confident about the midterms because of his leadership, because we know in our bones how wrong things are and how they must be fixed. That's why I'm confident. I'm not confident because Kevin McCarthy put out a new statement. <laughs> uh, Kevin McCarthy has a new plan. Kevin McCarthy... He's a career politician. What do you want? He's trying to be Newt Gingrich. He's no Newt Gingrich. He came out with the, uh, I still don't know what this thing is called. It's not the contract with America. It's the commitment to America. It's a little brochure, and he thinks it's the next big thing. With the Democrats, because that's their, they control Washington. They control the House, the Senate, the White House. They control the committees. They control the agencies. It's their plan, but they have no plan to fix all the problems they created. So you know what? We've created a commitment to America. Wow. Huh? Wow. And a commitment to America. And it's a brochure, by the way, full of cliches. It's, you know, banalities. It's nothing. And look at how he talks to us. I think he, I have a feeling he doesn't really respect us. Whether you can afford it, whether you feel safe, the challenge of your children getting lost behind our government that's run amok. Who has a plan to change that course? We do. The Democrats have no plan for the problem they created. If you trust us, hold us accountable. We'll put it out to the entire country. This is what we'll do. I mean, I like the words. I'm doubting his commitment to it all. I think he's one of those guys who likes the game of politics. Remember, this is somebody who said he thought President Trump should resign after January 6th. One more. We want an economy that is strong. That means you can fill up your tank. You can buy the groceries. You have enough money left over to go to Disneyland and save for a future. That the paychecks grow, they no longer shrink. We have a plan for a nation that's safe. That means your community will be protected. Your law enforcement will be respected. 
your criminals will be prosecuted. Again, I, I like the words. I just don't think he believes in the music somehow. It's all and Disneyland. Hey, we'll figure out where we're going to go on vacation. OK, we're adults. We can do that. Um, is a career politician. He's been at this. He's been saying this stuff since he was uh, 20 years old, 22. He joined the staff of a con- it's a game. It's all a game. This is no contract to America. The rollout of this thing, compact, uh, whatever, commitment to America, was so anemic. You know who knew how to do it and did it and changed the world? Newt Gingrich. We're here because we are taking the first steps, and we're taking them in a contract with the American people. We've already told the incumbents and the candidates that if we have a majority, if the American people accept this contract, that they can expect to work five days a week in January, six days a week in February and March, and 24 hours a day around the clock towards the end if necessary. But we are going to get to the final recorded votes in the first 100 days on every item. (laughs) Guy's amazing. And he made it happen, made it happen and changed the world. The Republicans took back the House for the first time in decades. And uh, take a look back when those magazines made a difference. (laughs) Newt Gingrich, shortly after the election, was on every single cover. Some covers, uh, well, two or three times in a row. Great job. And great job, Mr. President, President Trump. What a rally. We so appreciate it. By the way, only Newsmax carries these things live in full. Hey, we'll be right back. J.R. Majewski, Republican for Congress in Ohio. He is being attacked. He was good enough to come on our show last night. I've got some more things to say about that horrible fake news report trying to take him down. We'll be right back. If you love chilling mysteries, unsolved cases, and a touch of mom-style humor, Moms and Mysteries is the podcast you've been searching for. Hey guys, I'm Mandy. And I'm Melissa. Join us every Tuesday for Moms and Mysteries, your gateway to gripping, well-researched true crime stories. Each week, we deep dive into a variety of mind-boggling cases as we shed light on everything from heists to whodunits. We're your go-to podcast for mysteries with a motherly touch. Subscribe now to Moms and Mysteries wherever you get your podcasts. Well, it was a few months ago during another Trump rally that uh, the former president changed the life of someone I've never met in person, but I consider a friend. J.R. Majewski, he is now the Republican nominee for his seat in the U.S. House of Representatives in Northwest Ohio. Here's what changed everything. In the audience, we have somebody doesn't know he's going to be announced, but I have to because he's been out there. J.R. Majewski, he's been... Where is he? Where is Jr.? Hello, Jr. You didn't even—they didn't even give you a good seat, Jr. But we—but we love you, Jr. Thank you very much. Thank you, man. This guy—he carves that name Trump in those fields. He's a genius. Thank you, Jr. Really nice. Just a beautiful moment, and that helped Jr. Majewski clinch the Republican primary, and now he's the nominee, and he could very well win. It's a competitive seat. He's up against a a Democrat who's been there for a long time. More on her in a moment. Jr. is very good at these signs. He's an artist, in addition to being a veteran and an an, an expert in nuclear energy. And he did this, and you can see it from the sky. Uh, Yeah, Marcy Kaptur is his opponent. She's been in the Congress since 1983. Uh, She's the longest-serving woman 
ever in the House of Representatives. Uh, wow, I think uh, I think her time has come, don't you think? Yeah, how about some fresh blood? How about some MAGA blood in there? So they got to stop J.R. Majewski. Oh, yeah, the Democrats, the swamp, they want to stop this guy. So they came at him with a classic fake news hit piece. Uh, Ohio GOP House candidate has misrepresented his military service. Oh, my goodness, that sounds terrible. But guess what, folks? They don't, they don't make the case. The headline's terrible. But if you actually read the story and go through it line by line, like I've done, it is a huge story. It goes on and on and on, but they don't deliver a damn thing. Not one thing sticks. They are wrong, and I believe they are lying. Now, take a look at this story, all right? Uh, it's a big one. I printed it up. Six pages, almost six pages, a little bit more than five. So you think all this is about his military record. Oh, he was exaggerating. Is that what you think? You'd be wrong because most of the story is about other topics like QAnon. They accuse him of being a QAnon follower. How much of this is about QAnon? All right, there's your chunk on QAnon. Now let's throw in... You know, he was there on January 6th, folks. He didn't break anything. He didn't hurt anybody. But there's a big section on January 6th. Let's see. There's a huge section about his civilian job, what he did after the military. Then you got various political experts weighing in about this and that. Uh, they have stuff to say. And then you have people with military experience who never met him, never served with him. And they've got stuff to say. All right. So most of this story actually is not about um, his military background. Very interesting, right? Makes it a much smaller story. Now, remember what they said in the headline, that he has misrepresented his military service, okay? That's quite a statement. Now let's go to what they actually are alleging. That's the headline. What's in the story? Well, they quote him as saying this, I don't like talking about my military experience, he said in a 2021 interview on the One American podcast after volunteering. He had served one tour of duty in Afghanistan. It was a tough time in life. You know, the military wasn't easy. Well, having served in the military, no matter where you served, I can personally back that up. Military life, no matter where you are, is not easy. OK, let's see. How, what else did he say? Uh, he wants to be independent and strong like the country I fought for. You know, everybody who puts on the uniform, I don't care if you were at Fort Dix or Baghdad, you are fighting for America. That is totally acceptable. This, he's not misrepresenting anything. All right, now let's go to this. Majewski said he would gladly suit up and go back to Afghanistan. Okay, well, is that, does that sound like bragging? Really, is that bragging? Hmm? Go back to Afghanistan? About a million people have been to Afghanistan, including Majewski. Now take a look at this. Throughout his campaign, Majewski has offered his Air Force service as a valuable credential. The tagline, Veteran for Congress, appears on campaign merchandise. So they have a problem with this. They have a problem with this guy saying he's a veteran even. Give it a rest. This nitpicking is not going to look. I was in the military and this is in Kuwait uh, just before flying over Iraq for a mission. You see those two guys next to me? Now, they didn't fly over Iraq, but they were every bit in, in harm's way as I was. Absolutely. Being there, you were vulnerable. 
And by the way, those guys, smarter than I am, they could fix the plane. I could only fly it, all right? Just because you're in a ground crew doesn't mean you're less of a warrior. Do you understand that? You know, those guys in the Air Force, the technicians, the loadmasters, that is hard work, and they're doing it under grueling circumstances. And <laughs> I'm sorry, guys, not everybody can be a Navy SEAL. You need support crews. You need other people doing things. The Navy SEALs, yeah, they're great. But you need other people to do other things like load the planes and offload them, okay? He was in the military, by the way, on active duty, I believe, from 1999 to 2003. You know, I heard somebody online say, well, why doesn't he clear this up with some pictures of him in Afghanistan? Let me tell you something about life in the military back then. We weren't taking selfies all the time because... All we had at best was a disposable camera. I still have two that I have not developed and I guess never will get developed because who develops film anymore? Uh, I want to read something else here from the story. The House Republican Campaign Committee released a biography that describes Majewski as a veteran whose squadron was one of the first on the ground in Afghanistan after 9-11. Well, is that Shocking, because I looked it up online, and that's true. That is actually true, and it checks out. It checks out. Something else in this story, buried way, way, way deep in the story. A lot of his time, Majewski's, was spent in Qatar, and they acknowledge during the Persian Gulf War, then-President George H.W. Bush designated for the first time countries used as combat support areas as combat zones, despite the low risk of American service members ever facing uh, hostilities. That helped veterans receive a favorable tax status. Qatar, which is now home to the largest U.S. airbase in the Middle East, was among the countries that received the designation under Bush's executive order, a status that remains in effect today. And by the way, if you're loading planes in Qatar, especially back in, what, 2002, 2003, you are often unloading the planes, getting on the plane, flying to Afghanistan, and unloading them there. All right? So when it comes to Majewski, I believe him. I believe him. Hey, this is a dangerous place, though. Qatar, Saudi Arabia. Who remembers when the Kobar Towers were uh, bombed with all the U.S. military personnel inside? This stuff happens overseas. We call these places combat zones, and we have force protection for a reason. They're targets, okay? You know, even soldiers who have not left America are considered warriors. Just ask the Secretary of Defense. Every time I come back here, it feels like I'm coming home. By the way, General, what do you call this group of fine men and women that I see assembled on the field in front of us? Call them warriors, Mr. Secretary. Okay. Soup says he calls you warriors. I'm going to call you lieutenants. Is that okay with you? <laughs> All right. Great, uh, great event there. The graduation warriors. Absolutely. They're warriors. Now they're lieutenants and they haven't even left America. All right. Majewski did. All right. He's the real deal. And I think he's going to win. I hope so. I'm pulling for him. Let's be honest here. And he's no John Kerry. Oh, boy. Remember John Kerry and his exaggerations. And it was so sickening. The guy uh, it was all a plan. I'm going to go to the war, and then I will come home and protest the war. 
And then I will one day introduce myself to the American people and I will talk about the war yet again in a way that enhances me. I'm John Kerry and I'm reporting for duty. <laughs> Sorry. What a phony. And the people who served with him, not these uh, folks who never even met Majewski, I mean, the people who served with John Kerry totally had his number. And they remembered him, and it made for the most devastating political ad possibly in history. I served with John Kerry. I served with John Kerry. John Kerry has not been honest about what happened in Vietnam. He is lying about his record. I know John Kerry is lying about his first Purple Heart because I treated him for that injury. John Kerry lied to his Bronze Star. I know. I was there. I saw what happened. How about that, huh? And Kerry lost. And I think it's in large part because of them. Although then again, he wouldn't become a star if he didn't lie about the Vietnam War. Anyway, that's his problem and our benefit, okay? Hey, stay with us. So many phonies in politics and possibly one of the worst who could be the next president of the United States, I hear. The Democrats pushing him like crazy. Gavin Newsom. Why do they like him? Because he's tall, because he's got great hair, but he doesn't know how to get anything done. And we'll show you in spectacular fashion when we come back. All right, Gavin Newsom, the fake news loves this guy because he's tall, he's got big hair, and uh, uh, he's from California. I don't know. Look, they're dazzled by Democrat politicians, especially when they look a certain way. It counts for so much in the silly game of politics. What doesn't count is the ability to get things done. It's one of the reasons why Trump doesn't fit in with these people. He gets things done. These people just love to talk about things. So back when he was mayor of San Francisco, and you know homelessness is horrible right now in San Francisco, right? The whole city is overrun with homelessness. Here's his grand plan to take care of it in the future. We believe fundamentally that food solves hunger, that shelters solve sleep, and that housing solves homelessness. And if we're going to solve the problem uh, of those that are out on the streets that we define as homeless, we better solve the housing problem if we're going to have an impact. And that's why we established this framework, what we call a 10-year plan to end chronic homeless in San Francisco. 10-year plan. That was four years ago. But doesn't he look great making that speech, making that presentation and looking back at the board back when that was innovative, back when that was interesting 14 years ago? I'm here and I'm talking to you. And isn't that great? And look at me and look at my hair. That's it. That's all. That's all that matters. Right. That fundraisers, cars, uh, the power. It's nonsense. It's a game. It's a joke. He's a joke. All right. But he could very well. Be president someday. We got to watch for that. Uh, Vindman, remember him? Alexander Vindman. So when this little cubicle dweller came forward and said uh, all those things he said about President Trump, I had deep suspicions that this guy was working with lots of people outside the White House. I mean, a lieutenant colonel. I was a lieutenant colonel. You just don't get up and do that. You don't, unless you know you're going to be taken care of for life, set for life. And I think... They pulled some strings and they made it known that, yes, you'll be fine as long as you do our bidding first. And he did. 
I was concerned by the call. What I heard was inappropriate, and I reported my concerns to Mr. Eisenberg. It is improper for the President of the United States to demand a foreign government investigate a U.S. citizen and a political opponent. Horrible, horrible. That's the swamp. They were out to get him, out to get Trump. There was nothing wrong with that phone call. But why would this little punk do that? I believe there was an agreement that he would be taken care of for the rest of his life. And it seems like he's being taken care of for the rest of his life. He was appropriately driven from the army. Okay, that's done. But now he gets to hang out with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Why is he hanging out with Arnold Schwarzenegger? Oh, and his wife. His wife is part of this equation. That's his wife. Okay, fine, whatever. She's from Oklahoma, I hear, and she's a teacher. She's also hanging out with Arnold Schwarzenegger, right? First, the brothers get to meet Arnold, right? Ah, ha, ha. And, uh, and she's there as well. Okay, I guess she was tagging along. But no, Mrs. Vinman is now her own thing. She's on television commenting about this, that, and the other thing. And Trump stinks. And Joe Biden is our great hope, uh, preserved democracy. <laughs> they gave her jobs. Rachel Vindman, co-host of the Suburban Women Problem podcast from Red Wine and Blue. Rachel Vindman is joining me now. Um, Rachel, so good to talk to you this afternoon. Thanks so much for joining us. I sat down with Rachel Vindman, uh, retired Lieutenant Colonel Alexander Vindman's wife. Rachel Vindman joins us after this quick break. Joining me now is Rachel Vindman. Rachel Vindman, thank you so much for joining us. We should just let our viewers know if that name sounds familiar. Obviously, your husband is Lieutenant Colonel Alexander Vindman. Um, thank you for joining us. We appreciate it. Thank Next you time so we'll do it in the Deanna. afternoon or evening. So maybe there can be some wine okay. involved. <laughs> What's going on? Why? Why? I notice her wardrobe has improved and so have the knickknacks in her living room, apparently. Okay. They've been paid off, paid off handsomely. This housewife, I'm sorry, nothing wrong with being a housewife, but married to Joe Schmo soldier nobody and is now saying stuff like this. I loved what the president said. I mean, he said, we need everyone to get involved, get engaged, you know, go out there, vote, vote, vote. He didn't say only one party. He said, everyone needs to be involved. And that means educating yourself. That means working for candidates. And it means voting and registering people to vote. If we want to have the country that we want, we have to get engaged. It wasn't partisan in any way. And anyone who is making it such is just uncomfortable that they're complicit in where we are right now and they cannot face the facts. But what the president said was not a problem. And I loved his speech. And it was about time. Wow. Huh? Joe Biden wasn't partisan in Philadelphia. It was all a conspiracy, a vast left wing conspiracy. Vinman totally paid off. Thank you for your service, Vinman. We'll be right back with, um, ooh, that horrible event in North Dakota. Uh, the young man mowed down because of his political beliefs. Stay with us. An important official involved in the case when we return. So Nancy Pelosi, mixed up as ever, but maybe she's onto something about Joe Biden. She seems... Uh, Totally confused by him and uh, noncommittal about supporting him. President Biden is the president of the United States. He did a great service to our country. He defeated Donald Trump. Let's not forget that. If you care about the air we breathe, the water we drink, the education of our children, jobs for our, our um, their families, pensions for their seniors, any subject you can name. I'm not going into politics about whether the president should uh, should run or not.
any subject you can name. How about law and order? How about not losing Afghanistan? How about inflation? How about the border? We can name those subjects. But she is not supporting Joe Biden when given the chance. So Letitia James, you know, she filed that frivolous lawsuit against um, President Trump. And it is frivolous. Okay, it's a civil lawsuit, you know, like the people's court. It's not a criminal matter. But she may have gotten herself in big trouble here. You can't be there saying crime, crime, crime. He committed a crime. Not when you're talking civil litigation. I've talked to some experts and they say she is possibly in jeopardy of being disbarred. Won't happen, but you're not supposed to say stuff like this. As part of demonstrating illegality under that section of Law 6312, we show that they violated several state criminal laws. We believe the conduct alleged in this action also violates federal criminal law. And we are referring those criminal violations that we've uncovered to the United States Attorney for the Southern District. White collar financial crime is not a victimless crime. As you know, there there is a parallel criminal investigation being conducted by the district attorney of Manhattan. Mr. Trump, the Trump Organization, his family, they should all be held accountable. And that is the purpose of this litigation that we are filing today, in addition to referring the criminal conduct to the Southern District of New York. That's totally outside her scope. And uh, this is the people's court. All right. Seriously, it's a civil case. The worst that can happen would be a financial settlement. Anyway. The case is not there. We went through it all this week. She is wrong and Trump is right. This is a frivolous lawsuit. They happen all the time. And this is pretty frivolous as well, although it's a very rich man. Have you ever heard of the company Salesforce? I first heard about it, and uh, I guess it's a really big company. Let's put it up on the screen. There's Mark Benioff. He runs it. He's worth many billions of dollars. Salesforce itself, I'm not that impressed by. It's like a a website and everybody who's a salesman can can see exactly what it is you're up to. I think they make their real money in cloud computing. You should stick to the cloud computing and not telling everybody else how to live their lives. That's what these billionaires, especially in Silicon Valley, think they can do. Listen to the way this guy talks. We have to be for equality. We have to be for dignity. We have to be for the equality and dignity of every human being. And if you're not for equality and dignity, then, you know, this is not something that I can work with. And we're going to have to exit your city or your state, just as we have in many places. If you're not for equality and dignity. Now, to translate that, he's talking about abortion. All right. If you're not pro-abortion, he can't do business with you and he's going to boycott your state. Um, How about just sticking to cloud computing? And let people, it's interesting, some of these business leaders, they're so pro-abortion. Is that possibly because maternity leave turns out to be more expensive than just paying for somebody's abortion, as so many of you are talking about doing, flying people to places where they can get their abortion? Very strange. We have got to stop these oligarchs. They're getting too big. I think we should use antitrust laws to take the power away from these guys. They can't be trusted. I'll be right back. So there he is, Kaylor Ellingson, dead at the age of 18. We believe he was targeted because of his political beliefs. He was a Make America Great Again 18-year-old from North Dakota. Got into a political argument with somebody who allegedly got into his car and ran him over, killing him. Here's the suspect. 
He's already out of jail. $50,000 bond, and he's, uh, he's out of jail already. And there's a dead 18-year-old possibly killed for political beliefs. We're joined now by State Representative Dick Anderson, Republican of North Dakota. Welcome, sir. Uh, this should be the talk of the nation. It's not. Is it the talk of North Dakota? There's a uh, good evening, Greg. There's quite a bit of discussion on the topic. Uh, it's a tragic event in North Dakota, and I uh, hope everyone prays for the family and also the, the person that probably committed the crime. Uh, it, it destroyed one life, and I'm sure it's going to destroy the other person's life, too, in the end. Well, I wonder, because he's already out of jail walking around. I mean, it doesn't seem like law enforcement is taking this particularly seriously. I'd like to go to the affidavit, if I can, uh, because he says, he acknowledges in the affidavit that they had an argument uh, and he felt threatened. Let's see. Let's go through this. Brandt admitted that he hit the pedestrian and that the pedestrian was part of a Republican extremist group. And uh, according to Joe Biden, that's uh, well, that's a threat to everything. Right. Um, Shannon Brand stated he struck the pedestrian because the pedestrian was threatening him. Uh, hard to do that when you're sitting in a car. Hey, what's the climate like up there? I mean, you know, is it is it like the rest of the country? Is everybody at each other's throats or is this unusual for political tension like this on the streets of North Dakota? I think it's pretty much the same here as it is in the rest of the country. Uh, there's just gotten to be a lot of mistrust in the federal government. And uh, once you get mistrust in the federal government, it's going to be hard to correct it. President Trump spoke about this a short time ago. He's thinking about it. Uh, and if you think about it, this is just like what happened to that poor girl in Charlottesville. One girl was run over by a hateful nut job, Heather Heyer. And it changed the history of the world, it seems. And nobody seems to care about this young man, Kaler. Anyway, our president is talking about it. And our hearts go out to the parents and the friends. This young boy, this was a young man, a wonderful, with a great future. And I'm just telling you, just so handsome and so beautiful and so great. And he got run down by a radical left nut job. Well, I'm glad he's doing it. Uh, what do you think of Joe Biden and the comments he's been making lately? You're a Republican. You've been in office for a while. And you may you must have heard him say that those of us who are MAGA are somehow a threat to democracy. He said that he said MAGA Republicans are a threat to democracy. I feel like that is hate speech, sir. And that very well could have motivated, could have propelled uh, what happened here in um, in your state. What are your thoughts? Well, I think the president's job is to unify the country. And uh, he has not done that. If you're going to work with people, you can't insult them and degrade them. The best thing you can do is try to meet with them and express your opinion and, and see if there's some place you can work something out on. To insult somebody constantly, you're never going to get along. And we have a lot of mistrust in the federal government. And uh, I think people are starting to wake up to what's going on. What do you, you mean know, by that? that? Like, wait. I got I mistrust for a lot of reasons. You say people are waking up. Is there something specific you're getting? Well, at? I think that people have lost faith in the Department of Justice, the FBI, uh, the CDC. 
you know, there's there's just too many incidences where uh, even IRS, uh, for I'll give you an example here. I had a neighbor whose wife wrote letters to a president a few years ago, and they were audited three times in a row, which for a man with a modest income and uh, a county commissioner, basically, to be audited three years in a row, I, I just think he was being chased over his wife's opinion to the president. So that should never happen. The weaponization of the IRS, we've seen it before and we're seeing it right now, I fear. Well, our thoughts and prayers do go out to uh, the family of Kaylor Ellingson, 18 years old, mowed down, it appears, by this individual because they disagreed politically. Can I see his picture one more time? He looks, uh, gosh, the whole world in front of him, and uh, now he's gone. I hope there's more attention. I hope there's justice. I'm sorry, but I cannot believe. I know we have crazy bail reform laws here. How could a guy be out? Last thing, is Shannon Brandt, who is at the wheel, is already out of jail. He didn't stay at the scene. It appears as though it was deliberate. He says he felt threatened. Somehow he was defending himself. Um, are you alarmed by that? Is, and is there anything that can be done about that? Well, I don't think he should have felt threatened by an 18-year-old kid. He looks like he's a rather grown-up man. And I, I, there had to be some heated arguments there. But I have faith in the Highway Patrol. They will do what they need to do. And it are attorney general in our state is very upset about this so we'll get it straightened out and uh i you don't have to worry i i, I don't know why he was released on fifty thousand dollar bond and i'm not going to speculate why but i i just hope that everyone prays for the alex and family to see a young man's life end so practically over over something that shouldn't happen is it, just obscene to me and I think we got to take a real hard look at what Joe Biden has done, his words, the poisoning rhetoric and uh, his division. He is dividing us. He said he wouldn't. He said he would uh, work today. Totally, totally didn't make good on his promise. Terrible, terrible. All right, State Senator Dick Anderson, thank you very much. I've never been in North Dakota. I think I've been to just about every state except North Dakota one day. And it's right smack dab in the middle of the yep. continent. I'm talking about the entire continent, Canada and America. Isn't it technically right in the middle of all of that? Correct. Yeah, the geographical center of North America is only about 20 miles away from me, from where I live. But you should come here. Our energy sector is unbelievable in the state. And uh, we can solve a lot of the nation's problems if we let technology drive policy instead of letting policy push technology. The, the federal government has it backwards. That's hey. my opinion. I like the spirit. I like what you guys are saying out there. It might be a place for me. Thank you. Thank you very much, yep. Dick Anderson. Thanks be continued. For your time. You it. bet. We'll see you later. I'll be right back. Yep. Greta Van Susteren is back. She's on Newsmax, giving you the really big stories without the spin. Watch the record with Greta Van Susteren. She's smart, tough, and always fair. Don't miss Greta's new show. What a week. Thanks for joining us. And uh, we'll see you next week. All right. Many, many thanks. Have a great weekend.